Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Michaela Alexis, and we're going to explore LinkedIn pages. Now, if you have been ignoring LinkedIn because you're too focused on other platforms, this is definitely an episode you're going to want to listen to. Solid gold, solid gold. By the way, if you want to reach me, you can reach me on Instagram at, at @stelsner, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And now for this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle. Here is this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? All right. So I'm going to just say this out front. This is one of my favorite discoveries I've ever found because I've already used it multiple times. If you're ever stuck trying to find the right emoji and you need to search for them, I have found the tool for you. It's emoji-m. And this is a... Uh, what's what's the word? You know this, Mike. I'm I'm at a loss for words. But what's the um, site? A website where it moves when you move the browser. It's um, it moves when you move the browser, like to different sizes and things. It's um, oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, browser yeah. stack. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's like transferable, or it's uh, you know it accommodates different browser sizes. Yep. Basically, is a browser based app, and it is uh, all the different emojis right there on a tappable. Uh, switch so you can use this on desktop. You can use this. On oh, mobile. you meant you meant like uh, you meant like you're responsive. talking about responsive design. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, got design. it. Sorry about that. Yeah, Sidetrack. Yep. But anyway, it's a beautiful responsive design, and it is touchable on mobile devices, and it is clickable on the desktop, and it is beautiful for that alone. That I can just kind of scroll through and find the right emoji and tap it, and it'll copy it, and I can use it or and this is even better, is that I can just say, I don't know what the name of that emoji is, but I think I kind of do. And I can just start to type in the name of different ones that might come up or angry or sad or whatever, you know, flags or whatever. And then it'll just literally get rid of all of the options that aren't that. And then you'll see it right there visually and tap it and boom, you've got it. This, And you can even then uh, differentiate it by skin colors or categories and this is beautiful because I, I have now been keeping this in my browser as a, an active tab on my phone because half the time, like, I can't find the emojis that maybe I'm looking for. This is a speedy way to get to them. And so it's called Emoji M. 
Now, some people are like, what can you do with an emoji outside of social media? And I'm here to tell you, you can use it on your, your blog posts, your sales pages, your emails. I mean, frankly, you can use them almost everywhere. They do look a little different depending on the platform. Like for example, they might look different on an Apple iPhone versus a Samsung device versus uh, your browser, but they're all pretty darn consistent. Um, so this is kind of like a search engine for emojis. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, that's a, that's exactly it. And as you type in, uh, like for example, I just typed in T-I-M-E and all the ones that have to do with time are there for me to pick through. Um, I also can type in smile and all the all of the different versions of emojis that have a smile in them are the, are now the only ones sitting there visually for me to tap on. Well, you need to send this off to our marketing department. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. <laughs> where, how do we get to this? What's the, where do we go? So what you want to do is you're going to want to go here and then bookmark it. And it's easy to get to. You go to emoji-m.firebaseapp.com. Wow, that's got to be the first It's a bit URL with a dash in it, right? Oh, yeah. So again, emoji-m.firebaseapp.com app.com. Cool. And I would imagine it's a free resource, right? It is free. Yeah. And it, it, I, it's like I said, this is of, out of all the discoveries I've brought in a long time. This one's honestly the one I've used the most already and probably my favorite personally. Awesome. Thank you so much, Eric. You're welcome. I was recently at social media marketing world and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And now for this week's interview with Michaela Alexis. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today I'm excited to be joined by Michaela Alexis. If you don't know who Michaela is, she is a LinkedIn expert and LinkedIn creator who helps businesses master their LinkedIn presence. Her course is Build Your Empire on LinkedIn, and she co-authored the book, Think Video, Smart Video Marketing, and Influencing. Michaela, welcome to the show. Woohoo, I'm so excited to be here. Well, today, Michaela and I are going to explore creating content on your LinkedIn company pages and some new features that have rolled out to pages. Uh, Michaela, before we get started, tell us your story. How did you get into LinkedIn? Start wherever you want to start. <laughs> well, I won't go all the way back to 1986, um, but I've been in social media marketing for about a decade now. But my story, at least how it relates to LinkedIn, really begins in the winter of uh, 2016. 
So I was working at a local tech startup. I was about a month away from my 30th birthday and I was laid off. And that moment ended up being really pivotal for me because I realized that I wasn't any closer to my career goals despite working as hard as I could. And I knew something had to change. And as cheesy as it sounds, that change was going to have to come from within. So the day after I was laid off, I reached out to a marketing idol of mine at the time, Scott Stratton. And I asked him for uh, some career advice and I never expected a response, but not only did he respond, but he sent me this huge box of marketing and writing books. And I mean, that kindness from a stranger instantly made me feel just really empowered. So while I was coming through these brilliant books, I was also sending out resumes and searching on, you know, Indeed and Monster.com for job postings and something just clicked. I thought, well, wait a second, I would never propose this kind of reactive strategy to companies that I worked for. So why am I sitting around sending out a bazillion resumes and just kind of hoping for the best? So I posted on LinkedIn that I wasn't going to send out a single resume, that I was going to rely solely on the power of community to find my next great gig. And I just kind of shared my qualifications and my values. And I had no clue when I posted it that anybody would actually care, but I really had nothing to lose. And what I found instead was that my inbox was flooded overnight with people inviting me for interviews. And then I landed my dream job in two weeks and I turned down four job offers in the process, which was just totally different than any other experience that I'd had. And so I was just completely overwhelmed at at this point by the kindness and strength of the LinkedIn community. So I wrote this article called How I Landed My Dream Job in Two Weeks on LinkedIn, just basically to share what I had learned with other job seekers. And that post went massively viral. Like I'm talking, I couldn't actually open up the app on my phone for a week. It just kind of kept shutting down. (laughs) Wow. So yeah, so that became my second aha moment because here was this community that everybody was saying was very stuffy and conservative. And yet I saw this huge opportunity and hunger for real conversations around authentic experiences. And then after that, I just kind of camped out and declared LinkedIn my social media home. So are you still working that dream job? (laughs) I worked that dream job for about a year. And then I ended up becoming partners with my then bosses uh, and ran an agency that was eventually acquired. So it was a dream that turned into a bigger dream. And tell everybody what you're doing these days. So as of last year, I've been working solo, just led by passion and purpose. I get to travel the world and teach people how to use LinkedIn. And also, I kind of get to share my story, too, because I think that a lot of people look at people on LinkedIn. They kind of think, well, they were already successful before they use a platform. And my story is a little bit different because I really had nothing when I started on LinkedIn and was able to build my community. So I think that resonates with a lot of people. And you and I met at VidCon in 2018, if I'm not mistaken. You were on a panel with with, uh, Goldie Chan and a couple other people, I think. Yes. And um, uh, you're still, uh, and you were, you know, a video influencer. So why don't you just tell Uh tell a little bit about your experience also using video on LinkedIn? Because I think people might find that kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I was actually terrified of video when I first started. I am naturally a writer first. So I remember the first few videos that I posted on LinkedIn, I broke out in nervous hives up to my earlobes, um, which somehow just made me more endearing to my audience. So maybe that's a tip for LinkedIn video. But I, I quickly just fell in love with that feature because it brought me so much closer to that audience. And a few friends and I, we, we kind of sat down and we're like, okay, well, how can we take 
this new feature and really inject some personality because I'm all about bringing, you know, the human self to the professional world. That's always kind of been my brand. And so we came up with a concept called hashtag let's get honest, where we encourage people to get on camera and share a challenge or vulnerability that they've had to overcome in their career. And that challenge ended up going viral on LinkedIn and reached over 26 million users. Wow. So it ended up being much bigger than we ever expected, but it was really awesome to see. Awesome. All right. Well, let's, let's spend some time, um, first of all, addressing the why LinkedIn question, because uh-huh. some of the people, a lot of the people listening right now are all in on Facebook and Instagram. And LinkedIn is one of those things in their brain that they just use for jobs. And yeah. um, why should they why should they, you know, give it a second look? Talk to us about that. Yeah, I mean, that's a common misperception. You know, LinkedIn for a very long time was for job seekers. They really were focused on the recruiting aspect. So that doesn't really surprise me when people say that. My response is usually just go check it out. Um, ever since it was acquired by Microsoft, the culture has really changed to one of innovation. And it's actually a really cool place to hang out. There's a lot of new creators that are really being really creative with the videos that they're posting. And they're not stuffy videos. And they're not. it's not stuffy content. Um, it's really injecting their personality and talking about real experiences and real issues in the business world. So it's actually a really fun place. Um, And then LinkedIn pages specifically are just absolutely rocking my world right now because, well, a couple different reasons. Number one, pages really focus on the brand, not the individuals within the brand. And I've seen a lot of businesses get really upset when people leave the company because they carry such a big piece of the brand identity. And your brand really needs to have like a heartbeat and an identity that's separate from the individuals within the organization. And I think Pages really gives brands an opportunity to grow that presence independently. So that's probably one of my favorite reasons why LinkedIn Pages are really awesome right now. Uh, Content is really easy to access. So we tend to have a little bit of arrogance, not just on LinkedIn, but in general, when we post content that everybody has seen our content. And I used to be totally guilty of this too. I'd post an important update about my career and then I'd be kind of surprised when people didn't hear the big news about how I got promoted or something like that. But here's how content on LinkedIn personal profiles actually works. So say that you post your big news on a Monday morning. So according to LinkedIn, about 40% of people check LinkedIn daily. Now, assuming that you've optimized your content well by adding a video, a photo, using hashtags, tagging, all that good stuff, your content is only going to be accessible in the newsfeed of your followers for about 24 to max 72 hours, unless it goes viral. So after that, it's basically hidden in what I call the attic of your LinkedIn profile, which is your activity section. And I'm sure that there's going to be people listening that are like, what is the activity section on LinkedIn? So it's true. It's kind of hard to find. I mean, it really is really hard to find. And just like most house addicts, most LinkedIn users have never even checked it out and don't even know that it exists. So LinkedIn pages, on the other hand, you don't need to be an expert to figure out where the content is housed. It has its own feed that's accessible directly from the updates tab. And according to LinkedIn, companies that post 20 times per month reach 60% of their audience which should sound pretty delightful to anybody that has dealt with declining reach on other platforms, (coughs) Facebook. (laughs) And the third reason is that your LinkedIn page is essentially like a funnel. So personal brands on LinkedIn matter, but it's silly to believe that everybody in my network wants to buy from me. However, when you think about the process that a person goes through to follow a page on LinkedIn, it's really exciting. So like they've consumed a piece of your content that you've posted from your personal brand, 
They're intrigued enough to visit your LinkedIn profile. They scroll down to your experience section. They read your company description. They click on your company page and then they click on follow. So by the time somebody has finally decided to follow your page, you know that this is a person that has shown interest in your products and services. And that's, I don't know, that's really exciting to me at least. Another question. Um, on the why side of it, um, uh-huh. what about what about B two C? Because everybody yeah. thinks everybody thinks LinkedIn is B two B, and we have a lot of B two C people listening to this sure. podcast. What are your thoughts on business to consumer? Yeah, I think I do think LinkedIn can work for B two C brands, but of course, it's a, more of a challenge just considering that it's a predominantly B two B space. But if your ideal audience is professionals, I would absolutely experiment it. I could see it like I haven't seen companies like meal kit delivery services. I could see them doing really, really well. Or let's say companies that focus on business travel or luggage. And in fact, last year I did a partnership with Crown Plaza and it really focused on event planners and traveling entrepreneurs. And I thought that was really innovative, especially for such a big company. And I've also worked with a luxury handbag company called Lux and Nick's that ran my favorite B2C hashtag campaign on LinkedIn. So what they did is they worked with female LinkedIn influencers and they shared videos showing their work weeks and it was called hashtag in the bag. And it's been so successful that it's still running to this day and it's been about six months now that it's been going. So it is possible. Awesome. All right. I want to go back to something else you said. Uh, LinkedIn said 20 times a month. That seems like an outrageous amount of content. (laughs) Do you advocate... 20 times a month. I mean, I know we're going to get there, but doesn't that seem a little extreme? You know, it's hard to say from my perspective because I am all about kind of starting small and then kind of growing from there and just making sure that you're getting the return on what you're investing. So I actually post probably about once or twice a day, not just on weekdays, (laughs) on weekends as well, because I'm reaching a different audience there. But that said, when I first started with pages, I was posting once a week. Right. Because you want to kind of test it out and figure out what works. LinkedIn pages are a little bit trickier than personal brands. People do kind of expect a little bit more from you, especially in terms of value and education. So I think starting off small, but it's totally possible to hit that 20 postmark, especially when you consider there's companies that are are sharing uh, videos. I work with one client and she does 30 minutes, a little long, but 30 minute videos once a week. And she only has them on her website. And I'm thinking, well, why wouldn't you take that 30 minute piece, turn it into mini videos, turn it into little blog posts that you can share on your company page. So you can see once you start getting into repurposing and kind of making it more bite sized that it's really easy to kind of they all add up eventually. Cool. All right. Well, let's dig into the the content strategy yeah. side of this dialogue. Um, what types of content work well on LinkedIn? Yeah. So I've seen a lot of um, different features and articles about content when it comes to company pages, but I haven't seen a lot when it comes to small to medium sized businesses. So I'm really going to try and shift the focus um, for people that maybe don't have a huge budget, but still want to make big impact on LinkedIn pages. And at the risk of making this sound really simplistic, a lot of the content that works for personal brands on LinkedIn works for company pages as well. You know, I think that there's a lot of small to medium sized businesses that struggle with creating content on pages because it maybe it's not as perfectly branded and stylized as an Amazon or an Adobe. And those are beautiful pages. Don't get me wrong. But there's so much more that small to medium sized businesses can do to serve their audience. I mean, video is sexy. So let's talk about video on pages. 
LinkedIn video is still a relatively new feature on LinkedIn. So of course the algorithm pushes native over content taking traffic away from the platform. So do not use YouTube links, post it natively. Uh, hold on, hold on a second real yeah. quick. It used to be that when you would post a YouTube link, it wouldn't take you off the site. It would play it in the feed. Does it no longer do that or does it do that? It still does, but the reach is not as strong as the native video. Got it. And so, there's also a couple benefits to posting natively too. And I don't think people actually know about this. So when you post native on a company page specifically, you want to make sure that it's an MP4. So when you upload an MP4 to your LinkedIn page, you're going to see a bunch of options that you don't even have on your personal profile. So you can add a custom uh, title and a custom thumbnail. And you can also, of course, upload a captioning SRT file, which you should always try to do. And yes, all of this takes a little extra time, but remember that page content is displayed in your feed much longer than it is on your personal profile. So it's important to optimize every single post for success. Let's talk about that for a second, because we made sure. the mistake of exporting an MOV file and we did not have those options available. <laughs> yes, right. it's only if you have an MP4 and then you'll see all the, that's, that good stuff available. Now, um, plenty of people aren't living out on LinkedIn as often as you are. So how does the native video work? Uh, in the feed. Talk to us. Is it default muted or how does that work? Do you have to hit the play button or does it automatically it start is, playing? Yeah, it is. It is default muted. Um, so it's, I, I know it's a little bit of a pain to have everything captioned in terms of like uploading the SRT file and all of that stuff. There are a bunch of apps that you can use that will automatically do it. And I would definitely recommend that if you're just getting into video, Use the apps, maybe as you kind of get more used to using the different software. Um, I know I do it kind of the old school way of uploading a video to YouTube, then download the, the, the MP4 and downloading the SRT file. I know other people that use rev.com. There's all sorts of great ways that you can do this, um, but definitely always caption those videos. How long, what's the yeah. maximum length and what do you actually recommend as far as the length of the video? So I like to keep it, between one to two minutes, absolute max, um, unless it's a training video. And that's kind of my only but. So if you can do almost like a listicle in terms of a video. So just as an example, I did a video that was um, talking about all the different features of LinkedIn premium, but I made it very much like number one, number two, number three. So a list, like a listicle version of like an article. Um, so that is possible. And then you can get away with doing about five minutes. I have seen people successfully uploading 10 minutes, which is the max on LinkedIn, but here's how they do that. So what they do is they actually, in the copy, they'll add the timestamp. So say that, um, you know, you're, you're talking before about going oh, to- Oh, I like that. So you can you can tell people to fast forward by the in the text is what you're saying, right? Absolutely. So you, you could go to VidCon and say that you want to do a whole bunch of different interviews with different people. And then in the copy, you would put the timestamp for which interviews with which person so that the person can just go directly to that spot on the video. And I think that's that's pretty brilliant in terms of uploading those longer videos. But I think in general, just doing a minute clip, I've seen a lot of podcasters now that are doing this really cool thing where they, they'll take like a, a, a very cool quote from the podcast interview just to kind of tease the episode and then they'll add the link into the copy for the full episode. And I think that also works really well. What about uh, format square, vertical, horizontal? Um, what do you recommend? I've done it all. Um, to me, it doesn't make a huge, huge difference in terms of people watching. I love to kind of just usually do square, especially because so many people are watching it on mobile. It's also just easier in terms of me traveling a lot. 
I think it matters more about the content of the video than the actual format of it. Right. Uh, and of course, lighting and making sure that the sound is good and all of that stuff. But I think a lot of people get sidetracked by the formatting of the video and then they end up this, with this beautifully stylized video but the content is not valuable to anybody. So it almost becomes like an afterthought. But I do think in general, Square is kind of just the easiest, especially when you're just getting started. I'm dwelling on video because obviously I'm very fascinated by video. Do they provide <laughs> any kind of metrics other than just views? Do they provide like retention time or completions or any of that kind of stuff or no? I'll have to, I'll have to check on the company page analytics versus the personal brand ones. But I do believe the company page ones are a little bit more extensive than the personal brand where you can actually see where the, the company they're from, what area they're from, that kind of thing. Um, I knew, I do know that LinkedIn is working with a couple of uh, data companies right now that they're looking to acquire and they recently acquired to add more to those features because yes, they are lacking, especially when you look at platforms like Facebook and et cetera. Yeah. So it's not, uh, that's it's been not my experience. <laughs> that's been my experience. Cause we, 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 uh, you know, as of the fall of 2018, we're not able to see very much other than just, you know, view counts. Um, cause we didn't care so much about like job titles of people watching. We wanted to know whether they're getting to the end of the video. And when I last looked, that was not an option. So hopefully eventually no. they'll have a retention graph. I, I do know that a view ca is three seconds, but it, no, it doesn't tell you how long people are watching it for. I, I don't know if anybody listening remembers this, but way back in the day. And when I say way back in the day, it's like three years ago, <laughs> but there used to be a lot more analytics, maybe not so much with content, but with your, um, your, your profile. So you could actually see who's visited your page, how you rank against other people. And they took away some of those features, which was kind of a bummer because it's, it's kind of fun to see how you compare to other people in terms of your content and, and your profile views and stuff. So I'm hoping over the next couple of years, they're going to start bringing some of that, that stuff back. Okay. We've talked about video. What else should we be sharing on our LinkedIn yeah. page? So here's another easy one, which is ask questions. So I have a series on my LinkedIn page that's called LinkedIn Controversy Corner. And it just basically opens up a conversation to my audience about controversial LinkedIn specific topics, which thank goodness, it's not very hard to find those <laughs> when they always end up generating high engagement because people cannot resist adding their two cents. Um, one company that I see doing this incredibly well is called uh, Gong.io. And they ask questions like, uh, the best salespeople respond to objections with questions before answering. What's your favorite objection handling tip? And like, that's one of those questions that is irresistible to answer. And they have a really great following on LinkedIn. And I think it's because they've made it feel like a real community. Got it. So this is just a text only post basically where yeah. you're asking a question, right? Yeah. And I think when it comes to your, your company page, you don't want it to be all of one thing. It almost has to look like a magazine. So you want to have some posts that are video based. You want to have some posts that are maybe PDFs, which I'll talk about it in a bit. Um, and then some posts that are just straight up text. And I like to play with all of them so that people don't get bored. What about link posts and what about image posts? So link posts are, I've, I've heard people saying that they have issues when they add external links into the posts. I've never had that issue. Um, so I'm not going to steer clear from that. Actually, I, I find that they work really well. Image posts are always going to be good. I don't know where this came from, but LinkedIn has this reputation of not being a visual platform. And I hear it again and again and again. 
And the reality is, is that since 2016, I've been posting my, my format has always been text and photo, text and photo. And, and it's working for you. It's working. Yeah. Well, because at the end of the day, we're still, we want to buy from people. Right. And so definitely those photos work really well. That said, anybody listening, do not think that that gives you full reign to go on a stock photo provider and download a whole bunch of cheesy stock photos. People are just tired of the stock photos. So just show up in your photos and be authentic. So kind of borrow a page from Instagram, but don't necessarily, what about quote graphics and stuff? Do you try that stuff too? Does that work? Yeah. Yeah, they do work. Um, I think it all comes down to really showing visually what your company is all about. So the best company that I've seen doing this is Lemonade. So it's an insurance agency in New York, which is kind of crazy that that's an example, but they do a really great job of sharing really casual, candid photos of their co their uh, employees, maybe adding a little bit of branding, but nothing too extreme and then sharing their story in the text. And this is something that a lot of companies struggle with. The, the objective always seems to take people away from the LinkedIn platform. But so many of us don't realize that sometimes we actually need to meet people where they are, right? If somebody's on a coffee break, they don't want to open a, a bunch of different tabs. And why not try to keep them on the platform? If you can close them or if you can convert them from lurkers to leads, why wouldn't you use a LinkedIn platform? So one of my favorite things that I see people do is that they're not taking people away from the platform. They're actually sharing all of the value in the posts rather than saying, uh, here are the top five ways that um, you can do business better. That was a terrible example, but whatever. <laughs> and then putting a link to the full website link. Um, Are you that, suggesting to do that or not to do that? Don't don't do that. So the way that I do it is that, and I've you know I've I've contributed for Social Media Examiner, and I use a lot of the articles from there. But when I'm posting a link to the Social Media Examiner article, for example, what I'll do is I'll have an image from the post. So that is that image based kind of grab. And then I'll take one of the tips that is included in the article. I'll either do that or I'll summarize the article. And then I'll give the person the option if they want to read the entire thing that they can do, go and do that. But what you want people to do is that you want them to feel like even if they don't follow your lead by going to the website, that they've still gotten some value out of what they just read. And I see a lot of companies that are, are not doing that. I like this. So what I'm hearing you say is don't put the link in there and let LinkedIn like populate the data and then just share it, right? Like Facebook does, yes. right? Um, yes. Instead, figure out a creative way to maybe grab an image, upload the image, put some text in there, and then put the link. Um, is that, yes. that's what I'm hearing you say, right? Yeah. Yeah. For a great example, Whole Foods is really good at this. So they love to tell their employees stories and that's great, but they, so they'll do it on their website. But then they also have the image of the employee and then they share kind of that summarization of the article so that that person doesn't necessarily have to leave the LinkedIn platform if they don't want to. I think some of us forget sometimes, too, when it comes to LinkedIn, people are really comfortable with the platform, right? It doesn't change quite as dramatically as Facebook or Instagram. And so it attracts a certain type of user. Right. So a lot of people maybe aren't comfortable opening up a new tab or going to a website that they've never visited before, but they feel very comfortable with the platform. So I'm a big fan of meeting people where they are. We're going to talk about 
um, getting how to get visibility with your content. And we're also going to talk about some new page features. But before we get there, you mentioned the PDF. Talk to us about that. You said you can upload a PDF or something. Yes, I love the PDF feature. So that was a feature that existed for personal brands before company pages. They're pretty recent. I think it's in the last few months that they released the the option to upload a PDF, a Word doc or PowerPoint download Hmm. through your company page. And I will tell you, this feature has been a game changer for me. Uh, I love to share people on LinkedIn love two things. They love checklists and they love cheat sheets. Again, when we're thinking about the audience on LinkedIn, it's busy professionals. They want to feel like they're getting things done. So checklists have been really, really popular with my audience, really valuable. Cheat sheets have been really awesome. But I also like the idea, I don't know if you've been following what Gary Vee has kind of switched his position and he's really focused on LinkedIn right now. And so he's been experimenting with PowerPoint presentations and I love, love, love the way that he's been doing those PowerPoint presentations. So that's another way that you can kind of grab that audience. Yeah. We have to remember who owns LinkedIn, Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, that's very, pa- very PowerPoint true. It's and, a really fun feature. Yeah. PowerPoint and Word. Uh, you can always take your keynote if you're an Apple user and export it as a PowerPoint and you can still get the same thing accomplished or even a PDF. Um, okay, let's talk about how do we get more visibility with our content. Um, sure. We post it on LinkedIn and we walk away, which is probably what 99% of us do. What else could uh-huh. we be doing? <laughs> yeah, I think this is like kind of like mixed between what kind of content you could do and the visibility, but I really like giveaways and I do not see companies doing this. It's such a fun, unique way to build community. So I do giveaways about once a quarter, and I always make sure to tie the prize back to my content. So for example, giving away a Rode microphone that I mentioned in a video about upgrading your iPhone for LinkedIn video. But this is a really fun way. I mean, I see people doing this all the time, and this has kind of been my strategy is looking at what other people on other platforms are doing. Those giveaways have been really powerful for uh, Instagram. And so I've taken that same approach and I use it for myself. So Part of the uh, giveaway is make sure that you're following my personal brand, make sure that you're also following my company page, and then comment below or tag a LinkedIn video creator that you love. So if you can tie it back to your business goals, giveaways can actually be really, really powerful. Yeah. And I would imagine you want to just double check with LinkedIn terms of service before you do this, just to make sure you don't violate any rules. Because I know, for example, with Facebook, they've got certain things you can and cannot do. And you just want to be sure to do that. Should we be sharing stuff to our personal profiles? And should we be encouraging our employees to share to their personal yeah, profiles? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a few ways to boost uh, content for pages. So I know that LinkedIn Pulse isn't quite as great as it once was. Trust me, that's how I got started. But it's still a really effective way for business leaders to share articles with a call to action to follow the company page. So if you have a blog post that's on your that lives on your company platform, I mean, it's a drag and drop template. So you can take that content, you can post it on LinkedIn Pulse and then add a call to action to follow the company page. Or if it's relevant, you can also share your page content with your personal network. Or even better, just like you mentioned, you can encourage employees to share and engage. And in fact, so according to LinkedIn, companies or employees have an average of 10 times more first degree connections than a company has followers. So, I mean, why not leverage what you've got and tap into their networks as well? I think I've seen this and you can affirm this or not, but I see people in my LinkedIn feed that I have no clue who they are. But I think (laughs) I'm seeing them because my friends are commenting on their posts. Is that accurate or is that not accurate? Yes. That's absolutely accurate. So I guess if you can encourage people to comment, that could get you more reach, right? 
yes, comments are absolute king, whether it's your personal brand or your company page. So definitely, I mean, engagement is always key. It's just a little bit tough to kind of get it moving at first. But once you can kind of gain that momentum, then it's a lot easier to attract new people. Is it safe to, to say comment below or will the algorithm ping us or instead? I don't think that you, you, I don't think you need to. I don't think that the algorithm is. Or let us know what advanced. you think maybe or something like that. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm a big believer in that you don't really need to say comment below. I think that you can ask a question and it's almost like assumed and the conversation, the, the tone of your post should always be conversational. I think that's something that a lot of companies miss some mark on. We, we know that as personal brands, we need to talk to people, but then for some reason, when we put on, you know, the, our company page voice and it's like, we're, we're screaming at people. And so I think if you can kind of scale it back and remember that you're just talking to one person and say, like, what do you think about this? Or, um, you know, you don't necessarily have to say comment below, but I, I try to avoid as much as possible just in case they do penalize it. Now, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyways, because um, sure. I don't know how long you've had a company page. But yeah. um, do you, I, I'm pretty confident that LinkedIn tells you what the reach of your post is so you could calculate you know, like if you had 10,000 fans or followers or whatever they call them on LinkedIn, and then you posted it, um, they tell you the reach if I'm not mistaken. And then you could figure out what the percentage is. Do you have any sense of what the reach range is for the stuff that you do, given the number of fans that you have percentage wise? Um, I don't. So because on Facebook, an, it's an, really, in, it's really tiny. I mean, just to give you some perspective, you're talking about it, if you're lucky, a couple percentages. Um, on, on Facebook. So do you think it might be better than that? It's it's certainly more than that. And I'll tell you, Mike, when I talked to the product team for LinkedIn pages, one of the first things that they said to me was that their focus for 2019 is to help small to medium sized businesses gain organic traction for LinkedIn pages. Wow. And so that's that's their focus. That's what they're where they're putting most of their energy. And that's really exciting as a marketer to hear that because when's the last time that a platform has actually said, we want to help people gain organic traction. And they're not talking about ads yet because people are not in the habit of creating great content. So that might come later down the line. Um, but right now, it's really all about just teaching people how to post, what to post, how to post it. Well, I was just on the phone today with Chris Brogan. I don't know if you know who he is, but he's one uh -huh. of the like, original gangsters from the social media world. And he's very heavily involved on LinkedIn. And I know a lot of my friends are very active on LinkedIn. It almost feels like what Facebook felt like back in the day. Like you can forget sometimes you're not on Facebook <laughs> when, yes. when you're on the mobile device and, and you start interacting and stuff. Um, the only thing that's different about it is I don't know most of the people that are commenting. It feels like they're just, you know, especially my personal profile, I have no clue who they are. And yeah. I think it's because so many people can follow you on the personal profile and you have no clue who they are, right? Yeah. Yes. Well, you also want to keep in mind, I don't know how often you're posting, but there is the Robin Hood algorithm for LinkedIn. So it does favor newer creators. So that's why you see a lot of people, they are really, really excited about LinkedIn when they first start posting. But it's because essentially they're taking uh, engagement. They measure how uh, valuable that engagement would be for, say, an older creator, I, older in quotations like I me. Think, I think I meet all those metrics. I've been on LinkedIn forever. So. Okay. Okay. But yeah, in general, most people that are posting for the first time, that's why I tell people to post because you have a very real advantage because the LinkedIn algorithm is looking for people that would appreciate that extra boost of engagement so that they continue to post. 
Cool. All right. Well, let's talk about some of the cool new features that have come to LinkedIn Pages. Um, ah. Where do you want to start? Ooh. So there's there's quite a few. So LinkedIn, for those of you who don't know, uh, announced a makeover to Pages back in November of 2018. Uh, they went from basically being called Company Pages to LinkedIn Pages. I know, shocking. <laughs> Is that because you can put your personality on there? Can you have like? Could there be a? You know, like on on Facebook, you can have a personality page, you know, in addition to a company Uh, page. You know what? It's funny because I, I use it just in the way that you mentioned. So when people say that they're a solopreneur, they don't need a, a LinkedIn page. I fiercely disagree with them. LinkedIn did not intend for LinkedIn pages to be set up that way. However, you can certainly be a company of one and have a LinkedIn page. And I actually do recommend it, especially if you're involved in a whole bunch of different projects. So for myself, I have different courses coming out. I'm doing different things. I have my consulting, my speaking. And so it's important for me to have a page that kind of showcases all those different things. So I know a lot of people are kind of like, well, do I actually need a company page? And my answer is, are you alienating part of your audience by posting right now from your personal brand? If the answer is yes, then you need a company page. So for myself, I had, I was like pretty much directly split in the middle. I had a group of my audience that was following me because they wanted to hear my career advice, what I was up to. They wanted to see some inspirational posts. Maybe they, we were connected like years ago. We were from a different industry together. And then I had another group in my audience and they were all about learning how to use LinkedIn more effectively. And so every time I posted, then I was alienating one group or the other group. And so my response to that issue was my LinkedIn page. So now I use my LinkedIn page for all my LinkedIn training and then my personal brand for all of, you know, my career experiences and all that fun stuff. Cool. So they changed it from LinkedIn company page to LinkedIn page. And then you were about to say there's some other new features that they rolled out. Yes. So some of the features that are available right now are the custom buttons. So you can choose contact us, learn more, uh, register, sign up, or visit website and add the link. And then they also added taglines, which is a few people are kind of confused about what taglines actually are. So it's basically your mission statement and what people can expect from the page. And then you also have hashtags. So you can associate your page with up to three hashtags. So you're talking about visibility. That's a great way to gain a little bit of visibility right there. Uh, And I'm not sure if this one is new or just unknown. I didn't know about it. I just noticed it the other day. But you can add multiple about us descriptions in different languages. Huh. Real quick um, on the uh, custom buttons. Is this like a call to action that shows up similar to like Facebook under your graphic or something like that? Yes. I mean, LinkedIn, it's no secret that LinkedIn has pretty much blatantly been been grabbing things that work really well for Facebook. And I actually think it's a a pretty uh, brilliant approach because they've looked at what's worked for Facebook over the past few years, and then they're incorporating some of the features that work really well for the B2B space. So yes, that uh, custom link is definitely borrowed from Facebook. And is the tagline... Can it be a slogan or is it more like a company description or what, yeah. where, and so, where does that fit visually? If you could draw a visual picture of where that lives. So it almost, uh, the way that the best way to compare it is really, it's kind of like your company's headline. So on your personal profile, you have your headline. Some people use it for their current position. 
I don't recommend that. I think that it's really your value statement. It's all about who you are and who you serve and how you serve them. And so when it comes to your tagline, I really try to make people steer clear of getting too cutesy because when it comes to your page, again, going back to visibility, SEO still does really, really matter. So actually LinkedIn says companies with an optimized profile see at least 30% more weekly views than those that do not. That's no surprise, but it still matters. So making sure like little things like every section is filled out, that you've added important keywords into your tagline and your about section, and that you've associated your your page with the the relevant uh, hashtags, all super important. Okay. um, What other features do... uh pages have that maybe people might not be aware of? Yes. So they also added the ability to post content to company pages via mobile. And I know there's probably going to be a few people that are snickering like, really, that's a new feature. (laughs) But I was really excited because that was a really big struggle for a lot of people when it comes to pages. The fact that you could only edit and post via desktop was a huge, huge challenge. So the fact that you're able to Uh, post photos and videos and all that good stuff on the go is super handy. Uh, And then one of my favorite new features is the content suggestions. So if you click on the content suggestions tab, it pulls up content that essentially your audience is interested in. So this is kind of, this is a really good feature for people that are curating content for their audience. So basically it pulls up anything that your audience is already interacting with along with the engagement rate so that you can make better decisions about the content that you're curating and sharing with your audience. Okay. So help me understand that one a little bit better. Does that mean, does that mean if I went to your page, Michaela Alexis, and I had already been like a regular person interacting with some of your posts that it would automatically know the things that you've created that I have not yet seen and it would make recommendations to me? No. So if you're following Michaela Alexis and you go off my page, it's going to monitor to see what other um, content, what other articles you're interacting with through the LinkedIn platform. So say that uh, Nike just posted a news release and you click on that, LinkedIn is tracking that. They're going to show it to me saying, Mike just looked at this. This is something that you might want to post to your community because it seems like it's something that he's interested oh, in. Oh, so it's suggestions to the admin yes. of the page is what you're saying. Yes, exactly. Just about me or about the audience kind of an aggregate? About the audience in general. So it's it's helpful, but it's not super helpful if you just get started, right? Because it's going to pull your audience. So you can do it so it, it shows what your followers are currently interacting with. That is helpful for somebody like me. I've been working on my page for a while. I have a really good sample size. They're the types of people that are going to buy from me. If you're just starting out with your page, this might not be super helpful because maybe you have 100 people following your page and your family is like 50 of them, right? right? So, and you want to make sure that the stuff that you're posting is relevant. So what you can actually do is instead of choosing followers, you can click on all LinkedIn members. And then from there, you can kind of select your audience. So by industry, company size, position, area, that kind of thing. Perfect. So it's encouraging you to post content based on what it knows about your audience, yeah. basically. Yeah. It's, I mean, it all comes back to, you know, what I mentioned before about LinkedIn trying to make it easier for small to medium sized businesses gain organic traction. They're doing whatever they can to say, this is how you post. This might be useful. Just make things easier for people to get started. Any other things that are new that are worth mentioning? 
Yeah. So one of the upcoming features is the ability to uh, invite your LinkedIn connections to follow your page. Again, one of those things that people on Facebook are like, what, Michaela? (laughs) What is it? It's about time, right? (laughs) Yes, exactly. So the difference. So this is the thing with LinkedIn is that they're very cautious, right? They don't want to have there's been a lot of issues with Facebook, especially when it comes to um, spam and fake news and all that stuff. So they've been really, really cautious of not falling into that trap. And so this new feature, the reason that it's taking so long to come out is that you will have the ability to invite all your connections, but not just every day. It's once a quarter, you're limited to once a quarter so that you're not spamming your entire network. Got it. So this one was supposed to be released in May. I mean, it's, (laughs) <laughs> is it, it's, it's out or it's not out yet, or it's coming it's not it's not, it's not out yet um i have been in contact with them and they just keep telling me it's coming very very soon <laughs> so, so by the time this podcast uh drops it might be out Who knows? I'm, I'm really hoping that it is uh, it'll be interesting to see too how people react because it is such a new feature where people aren't used to receiving invitations maybe to linkedin groups but definitely not to linkedin pages so i'm always interested to see how it works with the culture of linkedin Anything else that you know that's coming that you can talk about? Yeah. So the other is focused, again, on employee engagement. A lot of companies really struggled with that, right? They, they'd be posting on their, their company page and say that they have 100 uh, employees. Well, their 100 employees are really busy. They can't just go onto the page and check to see if you've posted anything new. So that's something that they've really taken into account. And they're really focused on em- engaging those employees. So your team's going to be able to subscribe to company updates that they can like, comment on, and share. Cool. So that one's exciting. And then for other upcoming features, according to the product team, I mean, expect a- many of the features that have worked really well on other platforms, like the ability to tie a group to a Facebook page, uh, a blog that lives on a LinkedIn page so that users will be able to subscribe and read your work without leaving the LinkedIn platform. Wow. Yeah. So it's going to be a really exciting year. Well, um, first of all, that's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of people are like, wow, I had no idea that LinkedIn offers all these cool, cool things for, um, for us. So first of all, I just want to say, Michaela, thank you so much for sharing your insight. Uh, If people want to connect with you, where do you want to send them? Well, I mean, definitely LinkedIn. Again, that's my social media home. So just search for my name and both my personal and company page will come up. Or if anybody's listening and is fired up about LinkedIn pages and wants to learn more, you can join my free webinar at www.mickalexis.com slash show me pages. So Mick Alexis is just M-I-C and then Alexis. Is that right? M-I-C-K Alexis. Okay dot com slash show me pages. Awesome. Uh, Michaela, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom and insight with us. This was a blast. And if I can convert one person to a LinkedIn page believer, my work is done. (laughs) I think you may have accomplished that. Well, I hope you got a lot of value out of today's interview. If there was anything we mentioned and you did not catch it, we take all the notes for you. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 361. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today. 
and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.